Today, Cuban protesters stand up against their communist government, but will they have the support of the American government? Kamala Harris opposes voter ID laws because not everyone has access to a photocopier. And Dr. Fauci predicts vaccine mandates are on the way. We've got all that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Hey there, welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez taking a hopefully much needed vacation. I don't believe she's having another baby, so she should be back by the end of this week or next week. Uh, but I'm excited to be back and I also get to be with two of the best of the best today to talk about all the top stories. First, Mr. Yako Buyans, the host of the Yako Buyans show Good and the president and founder of Share Together. Good to see Good you to again. Good to see you, Hillary. And of course, Mr. Eric July, our Blaze TV contributor and host of For Canon's Sake. Hey. Yeah, I'm glad to see you again. Yeah, good while. to be back with you guys. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Cuba, which has been all over the news the past day or two. A um, lot going on there. The communist Cuban dictatorial regime began cracking down on pro-freedom protesters on Sunday that stormed the island nation's streets. Numerous arrests were reported. Uh, widespread internet outages spread across the nation, so it's been really hard to get all the information we need. But we have uh, a clip of crowds in the streets chanting, Freedom. Let's take a listen. So, you know, we rarely see these kinds of demonstrations there. Uh, <laughs> But hearing them chant liberty and freedom, waving an American flag, it's really been striking a chord with so many people. Uh, the Washington Post reported that Jose Miguel uh, Vivanco, the director of Human Rights Watch, America's division, said his group had received reports that at least 20 people had been arrested. He also had reports that violence is being used by Cuban forces, a claim that has been echoed by social media users sharing videos of wounded protesters. Um, some of those videos are incredibly hard to watch. Uh, there was one of a woman with a, her nose broken who was peacefully protesting. Um, and again, internet service on cell phones has been cut off. Um, news from the island is being interrupted so that people aren't really 100% sure what's going on. Also, we have some footage of Cuban protesters flipping a National Revolutionary Police car. So I want to take a listen to that as well. So these protesters were storming a local Communist Party office. They were flipping the police vehicles and just getting rowdy outside the headquarters. So I want to start by asking just what do you think is happening in Cuba right now? Because we're hearing all sorts of different narratives from mainstream media sources. But I'll start with you, Yaku. What do you think is going on? There? Yeah, you got a guy, President Canel, who is a communist. This is a communist regime. And you've got people who say no to communism. And these are people who want freedom, flying an American flag, chanting freedom, chanting liberty not rhetoric that we saw last year here marginalizing certain people saying oh, we want our nation to be free and I want I want America to pay attention I just want to roll the clock back for a minute when the Cuban Missile Crisis happened if you really do your research we were on the wrong side of that thing then and I'm telling you Biden is on the wrong side of this thing now here's people saying freedom now we had a, a, a 
a administration that's now the administration under Trump who said, oh, peaceful protest, peaceful protest. You can't touch these people in America. They're burning buildings down. Can't touch them. They're pro- you know, peacefully protesting. Yet now the question is, will that same administration who's now in power support people who are peacefully protesting for their freedom? And my research tell me no. And I'm, I'm watching this administration, Eric, align themselves with communist movements around the world. Yep. Communist China, communist Cuba. We're talking about now moving towards communist South Africa. I mean, they are literally making alignment. It's no, no longer just China. Now you're actually seeing where the metal really, you know, rubber meets the road, right? Mm-hmm. They are literally okay with this kind of stuff. So I'm for this. Marco Rubio, of course, great, great Cuban heritage. He, he writes, hey, this should be celebrated. These people are brave. These people are standing up for freedom. Uh, so a lot to be seen here. Th- this little country, Cuba, is back in the news again. And we'll see how our, our administration and American people support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so uh, nobody calls certainly me a hypocrite on this situation because they're stupid. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, if you rewind all the tapes that I've done here on News and Why It Matters, even on my own show and discussing this, I've always made the distinction when people were going to actually take a sort of protest to someone. I said, if you're going to do it, go directly to the source. Yes. Don't go to the uh, like the business owners and all that sort of stuff. Don't do that. I said, even the people that took it to the precincts, you got a point. Uh, Even to them that were here. So what you saw there is exactly that. And and the reason why this is so important and it can't be swept under the rug because you're you're right. You're you're, you're mentioning things that they're they're chanting Libertad, which is basically Spanish for liberty uh, uh, or freedom, rather. And they're they're chanting that and and they have this sort of communistic uh, regime that has more so been ruling over Cuba for for a minute now. Right. But more so what a lot of even Americans, politicians, we've seen the Bernie Sanders of the world have acted as if that was even something to strive for. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and what you're seeing now, and it's not just happening here. You've seen this in pockets in, 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 in other places uh, as well. Pockets in uh, even even in Brazil, even uh, they have a big like anarcho-capitalist movement, which I love uh, over there in Brazil. Uh, but you see these pockets and spots and in, in, in not just here, but abroad where people are are like actually being in opposition to the government for the basis of actual freedom. Yeah. Not because, okay, they thought someone was the wrong color that got uh, got killed, and now they, they call themselves mad at, at people that had nothing to do with it. That's a completely different instance. This is a people that are actually being ruled over by communistic uh, government, and they are reacting as such because now they're, they're, they're finally tired of it. And what it does, unfortunately, also show is the dangers of it. When these sort of movements have these outbreaks, so how we have to have a conversation of what exactly is going on here they're, they're waving, waving these flags they're waving this but people don't seem to understand when you do have a communistic uh, socialistic government as such they control so much so yeah they can just shut the internet off just like exactly. that in a lot of uh, a lot of cases because they don't want that information of course getting out now they can only suppress it for so long and so often but that is of course the danger so of course this is something to be appreciated because of why it is that they're doing or rather what it is that they're uh, in opposition to it's one thing to just call yourself mad at the world just to be mad at it it's another thing for when you're in opposition to the actual government and the alternative that you actually want is freedom not 
just whatever bull crap it is that, you know, Black Lives Matters of the world, and they call them sons right. advocates. Right. I feel like a lot of people on a very small scale relate to what's going on there because they are being censored so heavily on social media here. It's like we're seeing the small little ripples begin heading in that direction. So do you think that seeing how far this has gone in Cuba, do you think it will kind of help shape the ideas that people have here about socialism and, and Marxism here, if, seeing if what's going on in Cuba? If we connect it for Americans, and um, Americans are actually very intelligent, but we forfeited the right to think for ourselves in this country, and, and media is not going to connect the dots for you. So yeah, let's, academia ain't going to help you out. No. Yeah. So let's connect the dots, and this is what I want America to see here, connect the dots. The, the direction we're heading in is this. Mm -hmm. This is the direction we're heading. How does it start, Yaku? Marginalizing people, pinning them against one another, creating a race conversation, shutting down and cancel culture, shutting down the Internet. Th this is the direction we're heading in, and which is why we're all crying every week here. Halt the bus. Mm -hmm. Repent. Turn. Go the other way. For crying out loud, do you want this? And how ironic that the rest of the world, whether it's Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, United Kingdom or Cuba, see freedom in America, wave American flags, and here we go, you know what, idiots online going, I'm not free, I can't do anything, but she's on her cell phone streaming, you know, and, and doing whatever she wants to do. So this is, this is the result of these little progressive, right, actions mm -hmm. that happens in your sleep, and then you wake up one morning, and you've got a, a communist regime, and then you got to go fight. And a great point you're making. And you, we also said, if you're going to do it, do it. Mm -hmm. yeah, January 6th and whatever. No, if we really yeah, want to do, yeah, really to take yeah, over, yeah. then let's go. Yeah. Then let's go. If you're going to go do it, do it, right? right? And so they're doing it. So good on them. But this is a huge warning sign for us, Hillary, because we are heading, that is destination America, if we don't turn. Well, the Biden administration doesn't really seem to think so, uh, not so surprisingly. They're basically claiming Cubans are protesting COVID cases and other issues, and that's what they're upset about. And we, we have a clip of Jen Psaki explaining what she means by that. Uh, Jen, just to follow up on Cuba, can you give us a sense of where the president's policy review on Cuba is right now? Do you anticipate making any changes, as Jonathan asked, and where do you see it going uh, from here? Well. I will say first, uh, and I meant to say this in response to Jonathan, but uh, there's every indication that yesterday's protests were uh, spontaneous expressions of people who are exhausted with the Cuban government's economic mismanagement and repression. And those, these are protests inspired by the harsh reality of everyday life. All right. So in addition to that, we also have a tweet from Julie Chung, the acting assistant secretary for the U.S. Department of State Bureau of Western Hemisphere Affairs. She said peaceful protests are growing in Cuba as the Cuban people exercise their right to peaceful assembly to express concern about rising COVID cases and deaths and medicine shortages. We commend the numerous efforts of the Cuban people wow. mobilizing donations to help neighbors in that's need. The, that's the angle you take So yeah, that is the wow, angle that they're That taking. is spin. Can you say merry-go-round? <laughs> that is spin. I'm sorry, Hillary. This is a, I'm pleased for the love of life. See through these people. I mean, did you see a single poster? or a banner, if our producers can pull it back up again, that said, no more COVID, or lock us down, please. This is what they're telling you. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're afraid of the deaths. So those people were pro-freedom. 
freedom. Yes. But our government is telling you that they're saying, people are dying. Please lock us down. Give us masks. Come give me the jab. Now they're saying, out with the government. Oh, propaganda, freedom. right? This mm-hmm. is the biggest spin. We Please tell me our country's not going to fall for this <laughs> cockamamie nonsense. They, they, they will, unfortunately, because that's what the leaders, blue check marks, are certainly going to spin it as, and that's what they're doing. Like, you can't... <laughs> Gaslighting. That's a term I always yeah. use. You're seeing something, they say you don't see it. Look the other way, rather, or that they'll try to tell you what exactly your eyes, the way that you should be interpreting it. Mm-hmm. it. No. And, and to be fair, though, two things can also be true. Not necessarily that they're that they're like, oh, the re- reality, economic reality of the COVID thing, uh, per se, and like they're worried about the mismanagement. It's yes and no, right? That's, that's kind right. of a, a, yeah. a miss. Uh, you, you're misassessing it. It's more of okay, yeah. That's the latest problem. That's the way that they saw it manifest with the state controls all of these resources, and they're telling us what to do. And of course, because they are they're central planning this, they're mismanaging it, and they mismanage maybe this whole ordeal when it comes to the COVID. We've seen this not just in Cuba, but in other areas as well. So two things can be true in that they could look at how the government handled this COVID nonsense while also understanding that freedom is the thing that they want because of this. So the mismanagement is, of course, just the latest problem. That's the latest way that we saw that in manifest itself and people take issue with that but you don't get folks like that saying the things that they are saying without generations more so of, of what it is they just, they just feel more thankfully emboldened to actually act let's say upon it because the people that are living there are tired and they know that there are, is an alternative this moronic idea that that's the direction that we have to go in or rather that's something that that's worth achieving and having the state basically control uh, everything it is especially when it comes to uh, health uh, and its resources that's the last thing that you want government and, and its entire control of but but that is the reality that a lot of us are going to be facing if we keep moving in this direction. And the scary thing is, which is the, what the progressives, let's call them the re- regressive left, they don't seem to want to acknowledge it. And in fact, if they control it, then they could take it away. And that's what they're dealing with right now. That's and why that, they want to control it. Bingo, exactly. That's why they want to. They want to tell you when you eat and when you don't. And later, we're going to, not to jump, we're going to do a story later here today. I want to roll it back to this. There's a reason why the Biden administration has to spin it this way. Because they actually are pushing our country in that direction. And they want Americans to say, yeah, yeah, please. Please lead us into the ditch. Mm-hmm. Please take us to slaughter. They want, they want your compliance. And now you've got a Cuban people that said enough is enough. And they've, they've seen the end game. Right? They've the seen end game. That's why they don't, that's why they hate I it so I want much. us to see end game before <laughs> we get there. Get there, yeah. exactly. And you've got people that are actually living in these experiences. And you've seen a lot of people that come from these areas, these socialistic, communistic, uh, certainly areas. And they're like, dude, I've seen that. I've lived that. My family has lived that. This is not something to achieve. And unfortunately, you get these pistol necks that come out of uh, these public universities that are like, well, what's the big deal? No, Cuba, what they're doing is great because the people have free health care. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. But it is it's exciting to see the people stand up yes. and, and gather in numbers that we haven't seen in a long time. Yes. All right, we've got to go to break. When we come back. We're going to talk about Kamala Harris and how out of touch she really is. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This administration is on Kamala Harris. Okay, so she recently did an exclusive interview with BET and they asked her about opposing voter ID laws. And she had a very interesting response 
claiming ID laws would make it almost impossible to vote. Let's take a listen. Is agreeing to voter ID one of those compromises that you'd support? I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're going to have to um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't, there's no Kinko's, there's no Office Max near them. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws, be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Of course, people have to prove who they are, but not in a way that makes it them it almost impossible for them to prove who they are. Wow. So this angered a lot of rural Americans, as you can imagine. Do you guys think that she doesn't understand people? They don't. She's from she's a coastal elite. They never understand <laughs> Dude, this. And this is someone who's I've been in the South my entire life and I've lived in, uh, you know, I'm from Dallas, but I've spent my time in Arkansas as well in rural areas where people had IDs. But that goes to show how they think a lot of a lot of people that have been raised in those areas, how they are. They're clueless. They're brainless. They don't know, un understand anything. They can't go to any in, anywhere. And that's more so what it is and what you should you should approach it the way you should approach it. Mm -hmm. They're insulting you. They're insulting 100%. you. They think that you're stupid in it, whether you, it be by way of your skin tone or by way that you live rural. So that's really crossing racial barriers as well as white, black people. Doesn't matter. Inner city or rural areas is the generally the places that they refer to and which you are too stupid to go through the whatever route they want you to go in order to get an ID to prove what it is that you are. Now, again, this is someone that I'm not even fond of the concept of, of voting. I've told y'all that many, many times on the, on the show, but I'm just going to tell you how stupid they think you are. So if there's something worth getting offended, it ain't even in, at the fact of what she's pointing at. Like it's about voting. It's the fact that she just basically told people in rural areas that you're stupid. Look, uh, yes, 100%. Let's just call it for what it is. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the whole left, they absolutely, in, in her mind, she's talking about black America, okay? She thinks black people in this country, even if you had to Xerox it, who uses that term today still? But if <laughs> still, people have enough ingenuity, they will figure it out. But you don't have to. How do I know? Because they, they mailed ballots to dead people. They mail ballots to home, so mail them their birth certificate. Mail them whatever you need to mail them. They're not going to Xerox or copy anything. Oh, and by the way, this same administration is handing out driver's licenses to illegals like Skittles in California. Okay? <laughs> so you can give them driver's licenses. Heck, they're giving social security numbers to people at the border. You give them a social security card. Kamala. All right? So what's the Xerox? Are they Xeroxing the driver's license? No. Come on. This is ridiculous. Do you know why this is such a hot issue for her? She said, well, sure, people need to, people need to prove who they are. They didn't have to in the last election. Yeah, it's a good point. You don't want them to prove who they are because you want to be able to manipulate into eternity mm -hmm. every future election. That's why this is such a hot issue. Of course, you got to prove who you are. Nobody's photocopying nothing. They're speaking out of seven <laughs> heads out of, yeah, out like of their own heads. Like multiple I mean, heads, multiple, like freaking, multiple sides I'm gonna call of each her, mouth yeah. of the heads. I'm going to call her Swiss cheese Kamala. I mean, you got more stuff coming out of you. I mean, what? You give them free IDs, but they can't have an ID. You're mailing. Dead people are voting. I mean, wait until this Arizona thing comes out, okay? But, but look wait. at like everything else that we do just in living in this country in which just 
secondhand where you'll know that you're expected to have some sort of form of identification by way of the state. Like there's almost nothing that you can think of that you go through day to day, which there's going to be like one instance that if you're going out, I'm going to have to provide my ID in order to do something, whether it be provide how old I am to get. And, uh, you know, get a drink. You can't or, fly. Oh, uh, you can't fly. You can't, can't marriage really. License. Marriage license. You can't do anything uh, virtually uh, have a bank important. Account. Let's say that bank account. Uh, you have to have some proof of, of this identification. And this isn't something that is just unique to people in urban areas or something. Like, it's, it's weird how they, you, you really can see, definitely folks that are in the coastals, like the coastal elites, be it out there on the West Coast out or touch, on the Upper East Coast, they are so disconnected with the rest okay, of the country. Okay, so that brings me to our next story. That is an excellent point because. Matt Damon was yep. interviewed recently. Um, he had to go to Oklahoma to film uh, Stillwater. It's his new film. Anyway, he was asked about the film at Cannes. Here's what he had to say about learning about how roughnecks live at Oklahoma. Take a listen. From Matt, I think one of the most interesting parts of the film and oddly charming is uh, when Camille asks Bill if he's voted for Trump um, and he has an interesting out because he's a felon. Um, do you think that character would have and how did you work with Tom to sort of build his geopolitical identity? Yeah, I mean, if, you know, Oklahoma's, I think, I think was the reddest state <clears throat> in the last two elections. Um, and you talk to those roughnecks, they're always going to vote. I mean, they're in the oil business. Their livelihood depends on that. And so I don't even think it's a question at all. These guys don't apologize for who they are or what they believe ever. Right. Do you own a gun? Yeah, I got two. But we got so much guidance from the actual guys. I mean, these guys who took us out to the oil rigs. We spent hours in the car driving from one place to another place. Everything's far away in Oklahoma. The roads are big. The trucks are big. Everything's big and far away. And, you know, being invited into, into their homes, into, into you know, a, a backyard barbecue, and the guitar comes out and somebody starts singing church songs. And it's like, it's a culturally very specific place and very different from how he and I grew up. So it was really fascinating. And these people were wonderful to us mm. um, and, and really helped us. I mean, I didn't know when I first read the script how specific this culture was in Texas and Oklahoma, these roughnecks and what they do. Um, and so it was really eye-opening for me. So, so I felt like this was kind of a hopeful moment where you see someone that's part of the Hollywood elite their eyes have been opened a little bit to what middle America is really like. The people are kind, they're hardworking, they're nice. I mean, he said they were wonderful people. What do you think? Because it, 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 those two stories, Kamala and Matt Damon, it seems like they are so they're disconnected. They're, yeah, they're, they're, like the stories are connected. They're disconnected yes, from, what, from, from reality yes. and, and what it is to, to your point. And that's a great point. I mean, I've had the benefit of being in a in, in basically being able to pursue so many different careers to be able to interact with so many different people. I get it. So many folks don't have that blessing. Just considering my, my own personal upbringing and basically being from Dallas. So having that inner city connection. But the, my entire mother side of the family is from Arkansas. So they're from the, they're from the country. You know, and, and like when I say the country, I mean, like as in there's only one road and that's that's <laughs> it to get to everywhere. And the houses are so far apart like that is I, I was there every summer. So I had that experience and also just being able to be a part of multiple genres and performing music, doing the metalcore and the hardcore stuff versus when I was doing the rap stuff. Two completely different things. So I've had that blessing. A lot of these people don't. They're in the echo chamber. So when you, and this is what I've been trying to get folks to understand why I say so often that what do we have here for folks that value liberty, and that brings it home right there. It's a cultural issue. It's a cultural war. It's not a political one. 
And what I mean by that is that the political, the politics are on the downstream. It's the lagging indicator. You change the culture, you change the, uh, everything else by, by default. Sure. These people are so disconnected from how the rest of the world is and how regular people are that they literally don't know. If you converse with them, and I talked about this with New York City, uh, a lot of New York City folk, for example, it was an eye-opener for me to have a conversation. I remember having a conversation, and this was probably about a decade ago. Someone was born and raised in New York City when I was touring out there uh, a long time ago. And conversing with this person, they had never been outside of. So they think that how they live is just like how the rest of the world lives mm -hmm. and how like rent and, and all of that stuff works. Like, we don't live like that out there in North Texas. That's not how we live. So this is why, if anything else, what that should show you is how this is a cultural war. Yeah, we can demonize them all day long, which we probably should, for being so disconnected. Like you said, say that half the country is freaking racist and you don't even meet them at halfway to have a conversation with, with them so you can see they're not how you think they are or how you rather portray them. So yes. yeah, they should be criticized for that, but it also should be galvanizing for everybody else. One of those, those of us, you know, you being a filmmaker, you already understand uh, that, that life. Us that are involved in the subcultures, be it in entertainment, music, arts, all of that stuff, we are very important. We're, we're, uh, we're necessary. You guys are that absolutely do that because that connection can get drawn. And these people, because we've neglected it for so long, mm -hmm. yeah, you get Matt Damon. Yeah, but here, exactly. And here's, yes, there was a hopeful moment. And yes, good on Matt to say, you know what? We were well received. Look, but just look at the whole narrative. He, he, he classifies anybody outside of the city as roughnecks. Okay, all right. Now, even if they call themselves roughnecks, there's another f segment of society here that calls themselves a name and no one else can call them the name. I mean, so let's just be real here. Okay, let's just, this is the group of people that talk about being inclusive. <laughs> what they mean with inclusive is conformity, conform to our ways, mm -hmm. not being inclusive. You conform to our ways, right? Now you take him and you transpose him into Oklahoma. All of a sudden, he's in the backyard. He sees real family. He sees the guitar come out. He sees people start actually caring about one another. And his world is rocked mm -hmm. because he might as well be from Mars, Eric, like you're saying. Huh? That's how disconnected it are. That's the connection between him and Kamala. The irony is, the irony is that we get people like Matt to go play, play people that are real. And, that, and I hate that. I, that is a bad casting job for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. If I'm the director, I will never in my life, and hold me to this, have a character play a character where they don't have some sort of a reference. Yes, you've got to learn a lot. And he's talking about the genes are different and it's fire retardant and all the things they do. And I learned so much. Well, praise God you got out of your bubble. Maybe now you got a slap wake up moment. But, but let's hope so. Let's hope so. But at least good on him to say, hey, man, these people treated these people. Right. They treated us really well. Yeah. Jason Aldean has a song. Not that I necessarily you know, love Jason, but he's got a song that I want you to listen. It's called Flyover States and how the coastal cities think of the flyover states that, by the way, feeds them. OK, these are the farming communities. These are the people, so, yeah. Amen. And yes, we don't apologize. You have a gun, yes, two, three, seven, buy <laughs> more. Just do what you mean. No one mess with Yaku. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got to go to break. We come back. We're going to be talking about one of our favorites to make fun of. That is Dr. Fauci, so stick around. But you're, you're so right, bro. Yeah, 
to the surprise of absolutely no one, Dr. Fauci, he is showing his support for vaccine mandates and predicting that the mandates are coming once the FDA gives the shots full approval. And he talked to CNN about it, saying that these should become a reality. Let's take a listen. So I am in favor of that. You know, one of the things that will happen, and I think the hesitancy at the local level of doing mandates is because the vaccines have not been officially fully approved. But people need to understand that the amount of data right now that shows a high degree of effectiveness and a high degree of safety is more than we've ever seen with emergency use authorization. So these vaccines are as good as officially uh, approved with all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. It hasn't been done yet because the FDA has to do certain things, but it's as good as done. So people should really understand that, but they're waiting now until you get an official approval before. And I think when you do see the official approval, Jake, you're gonna see a lot more mandates. Okay, before I get your takes on this, I have one other clip that I want to play that kind of piggybacks off of that. So a CNN medical analyst said that life needs to be hard for the unvaccinated. Listen to this. What happens then if we end up having another variant developing that's even more contagious, that could cause more disease, that could evade the protection of our immune system? And so how quickly we get this under control and which way we go depends on what we do now when it comes to vaccination, to overcoming disinformation. And what we really need to do at this point is to make vaccination the easy choice. It needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated. Right now, it's kind of the opposite. It's fine. I mean, it's easy if you're unvaccinated. You can do everything you want to do anyway. But at some point, these mandates by workplaces, by schools, I think it will be important to say, hey, you can opt out. But if you want to opt out, you have to sign these forms. You have to get twice weekly testing. Basically, we need to make getting vaccinated the easy choice. That is what it's going to take for us to actually end the pandemic. I appreciate that woman so much because she has been the one throughout this pandemic that has said literally every single quiet part out loud. Mm -hmm. You remember the whole carrot dangling thing? That was her. For those of y'all that don't yes. realize, oh, that's yeah. the same woman. That, 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 that <clears throat> She's revealing that. all the plays She's in the playbook. She's saying that everything that we said would happen, and I sat at this table and said that it would happen, that if the, it, it would come by way of them trying to make your life a living hell or rather it miserable in the event that you didn't get uh, 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 like vaccinated in order to make it a, a decision that you felt like, okay, this isn't worth the hassle. I'm, I'm going to get anyway. But going back to Foster just real quick, and, and this guy... <laughs> Uh, look, I hate the term vaccine hesitancy because it, it still acts as if w we're not informed. Yeah, we didn't like make a decision. Bingo. Like it makes as if like, you we're know, convicted, what, buddy. Dude, we already have made the decision. I'm not hesitant. No, and the decision is that FDA. I don't want. And that's funny. What, they, they, that's how we talk about disconnected people from the last segment. And another disconnected man, because he actually thinks that I give a damn about the FDA, the government of all people <laughs> approving something Come that on. doesn't put a stamp of approval on it for me. I've never I have never been one of the guys that have been like, well, it's not FDA approved. That has never been the basis of anything <laughs> that I ever gave a damn about or caring when it came to this actual uh, uh, subject matter. No, it's not that I'm hesitant. It's that I have risk. All that data you talking about, I've seen it too. I've seen the over 99% survival rates. I've seen the people in my health demographic have even more of, of, of yeah. a chance of survival yeah. Uh, in, in that regards, health and age demographic. I've seen the studies that you, you've been referencing. I've seen all of that. So my decision is that I would rather my immune system work in the way that it always 
always has uh, worked, and I would rather take my chance as opposed to taking this. It doesn't matter if it was for this. It doesn't even matter for me, a guy like me. I can't speak for everybody else. But even for a guy like me, whether it be safe or not still doesn't mean anything to me because of how it's simply not that lethal. I know they wanted it to be an apocalyptic virus, but it's simply yeah, not look, that lethal, man. Yeah, look, I'll say this. Okay, Fauci, what a weasel. Fa Fauci... <laughs> Let's just roll the clock back. Number one, the FDA do not approve vaccines, and they haven't. There's a completely separate board. So that's a flat-out lie to the American people. They've never, okay? Whether it's MMR or any other vaccine, not the FDA, number one. Us who don't get vaccines can't stand the FDA. The same FDA that blocks cancer cures, that blocks you know, alternative medicine from around the world, the same FDA that feeds Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer and all these guys. You, you get an approval by the FDA, now you're really going to watch me not like it, okay? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Oh, why don't you have Fauci call uh, Matt Damon and say, hey, Matt, you just spent some time with the rednecks. Do you think if we approve it, the rednecks are going to conform? He's going to go, hell no, they're going to shoot holes in you. That's what's going to happen. This man is out of touch. They're pushing a rhetoric down your throat. I'm saying stand because it's working. They're buckling. They're falling apart. Biden's falling apart. Harris is falling apart. Okay, Saki is falling apart. Little Weasel Man is drifting into oblivion. He's not getting TV time anymore because his emails leaked. Stand your ground, okay? Absolutely. Hold the fort. Couldn't stand the FDA ever, ever abolish the FDA. Absolutely. Okay? We'll get people healthy. It's one of the most corrupt institutions that exist, and they think that getting a cosign from the FDA is the reason. Well, you bring up a great point, because it's like, if they do get a stamp, I'm like, oh, hell no. Exactly. <laughs> now, exactly. I don't want any, any part of that, and I'm glad you mentioned that for people that don't know, people that doesn't keep up with, uh, you know, for example, why certain medicines and all this cost so much. The FDA has been historically a part of that. You mentioned, like, the alternative medicines. You mentioned through, like, the patent laws and all of those sorts of stuff that have been facilitated by the FDA. It's not because alternatives aren't created. It's not because people aren't willing to create them as business. It's because it's literally illegal by way of FDA mm -hmm. uh, and, and its laws for people to create alternatives. For people to get healthy. To get, yeah, basically be healthy. The FDA, if anything, has been in the middle of, of that when it comes to that because they don't want alternatives to uh, certainly exist and they're protecting these big monopolistic, big pharma uh, uh, companies anyway. So the FDA has never been, of all the alphabet institutions, it's one of the <laughs> most corrupt ones. Oh, yeah. And for people to act like, or them, they go show how much they think that we give a crap about the government like that to where you think, well, well let's see once, once they approve of it. <laughs> They're really like, dude, you think way too You've been working for the government for way too long. You think way too highly of yourselves, man. Yeah. That's why I'm going to keep drinking my colloidal silver. That's right. Aloe vera juice. That's right. <laughs> Easy. That's right. Easy. Get things. your essential oils in. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you know Let what? your body do its job. Absolutely. <laughs> totally agree. Well, we don't have t a lot of time to talk about it, but just one thing I want to mention before we go to break. You know, so many schools are still closed, which is mind-blowing to me. Um, but suicide-related ER visits, they rose by 51% among teenage girls, which is a really sad, sobering fact uh, that just kind of goes along with their whole agenda they just keep pushing and they'll it never people concede are suffering. That point. they'll never, never concede I, that point just really quick they'll never concede that i've mentioned this uh during the pandemic is that when it comes to the suicides uh, uh the, the the rising suicides all of that sort of stuff they want us the feet folk that either don't want to wear a mask or don't want to get vaccinated they'll blame every single death every bad thing on us but they'll never take responsibility yeah. for that i wrote an article mm -hmm. in newsweek in july in the middle of the of the fake in a pandemic, right? And I said, and it's titled, you can go check it out, The Collateral Damage, and I highlight 
the epic spike, and I predicted it, in teen suicide, domestic violence, abuse. And they are 100% responsible for this, okay? They did this. They disfranchised children from friends, from stability, from schedule. You know, our whole country runs on school schedule. Everything runs on school schedule, okay? They interrupted people's lives, and they're responsible for this. I agree. It's incredibly sad. That's why we've got to keep pushing forward. All right, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back. Yeah, these statistics FDA. are really... Oh, we stamped it by the FDA. Oh, hell, now I'm really going to shoot. So during the riots of the past year, T-Mobile was particularly impacted, but their executives are telling their workforce to be respectful of those who want to burn the whole place down. This just seems so bizarre to me. So T-Mobile told its 53,000 employees that they must adhere to an anti-racist ideology. They said it's not enough to simply feel good that you don't contribute to racism. You have to actually be anti-racist. Uh, their CEO told the employees and storefront owners it's important to be respectful of different viewpoints, seemingly including those that call for burning and looting. But a lot of those T-Mobile stores a lot of those store owners were actually minority owned and at $50,000, $60,000 worth of damage. I mean, some of those stores were completely destroyed. But the CEO is saying, you know, well, we're going to help repair and rebuild those stores over time. But it's really important that we be respectful of the viewpoints of those who have even done these sorts of things. What do you make of this decision? Yeah, can you call this guy just a fish, a flop over a no good nothing? If you own stock in T-Mobile, drop it. <laughs> <laughs> right now drop it okay this is insanity this is back-end deal that's what's happening here you watch this is a type of deal that some airlines would make would come bail us out you're looking at bailout here you're looking at a backroom deal of going hey you need to push this but you harmed you harmed the very people we're supposed to be fighting for doesn't matter people don't care make them feel bad about it it's not good enough not to be a racist somehow you gotta you gotta prove it okay <laughs> There's bailout money coming. You watch down the road. You're going to hear some, some bailout to T-Mobile because they just couldn't help themselves, you know. Hmm. Do you think it seems just completely insane that he's asking their employees to be respectful of their workplace being burned to the ground? No, it, it, it's an executive. And often when you get these like mega corporate entities, they're usually disconnected and unimpacted by this. So it, it doesn't surprise me that they would say nothing because they're not the ones on the ground having to deal with someone about to throw a brick in, into the place. It ain't going to be them and they ain't going to be the one that got to go clean it up. Uh, when it's said, they're not going to be the ones that are going to be out with, without a schedule because they can't work or anything. And event that, that's not what they have to deal with but they're stupid if they think that well okay we just pander to this audience they'll think about oh well t-mobile had their employees say something anti-racist or now i'm not gonna throw this brick within it no that ain't gonna stop them from doing nothing this it had nothing to do with the black lives movement anyway exactly. from the beginning it had to do with entitlement and you guys fueling people it did nothing so disconnected exactly i mean it's insane. But that, that, that's the problem, and that, that disconnect obviously is there. It's not going to be any resolution to this. You're enabling a, a, a group of people, and you've shown them, if anything, well, especially we're going to target them because they're not going to punish us. And, and may we remember, those who threw the bricks through the window, we're not representing the black community of America, okay? The half of them were paid by George Soros anyway, okay? <laughs> half of them were given bricks stacked up in line saying, hey, hit T-Mobile. Who knows? This deal may have been brokered before the pandemic even hit. That's true. I mean, but that's, that's why they would advocate for something like that. And definitely when, when it comes to loans and grants, and it, it's, I, I love that you mentioned that, because 
that could put we saw what happened with airlines you know they'll walk or do whatever the government says because they're going to line them up with the money uh by way of these these loans and everything else uh, we talked about this i believe friday even yeah. even uh, yeah. other instances of this as well where you have government is going to require you i forget which which government contract was a raytheon or no raytheon it was uh well, i can't remember who it was uh the 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 defense contractor same thing, anti-racist bull crap that they're having to this place is basically you got to say. Yeah, it's wink, wink. You uh, take a hit yeah. here, but we got you. We got you. We'll, we'll line up your we pockets you. because if you, and that's why they even said, it's like, you don't even get the money. You don't get access to the money unless you are perpetuating this garbage. So that's unsurprising. It's just unfortunate because they are not connected to the people that have to deal right. with the problem down there. So it's so easy for some uh, executive, definitely as a part of a mega corporate entity. It's, it's a different when it's more of an on the ground, boots on the ground kind of situation. And a lot, most actually CEOs in this country are because most CEOs don't work for this major no, corporate entity. Show me the T-Mail will CEO standing at a store, picking things up, consoling the owner who, who's probably black. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't see that. Disconnected. But that would be real leadership if they did. No, they're not, they're not a leader. This is a hired, <laughs> This guy's not a leader. He's a pinhead. He's a hired gun. He's a puppet, just like the president. Put him in a position so we can control him. This is what this is about. All right, I only have a minute and a half, mm -hmm. but I want to know, does the term gypsy moth, does it offend you? No. Because it's getting canceled. The gypsy moth is getting canceled. Oh, my word. Yeah, they want to change the name of gypsy moths because they think the term is offensive to certain people. Who? It's interesting can, can because... Can they ever tell us who... Tell us who's offended. Like, who's offended? The, like, the Romani people, they're oh saying it's offensive to them. Although it's very interesting. If you remember, I think it was the TLC network had a lot of shows like My My Big Gypsy Wedding or Gypsy yeah. Sisters. I mean, there were all these shows centered around gypsies. And the you people talk about gypsy. Can I just say offended. something real quick? The Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world, <laughs> the Gypsy King, okay, who comes from a line of real gypsies, fully vaccinated... He's supposed to fight Deontay oh, Wilder. Yeah, he got Guess what? Positive, didn't he? He tested positive three days ago, fully vaccinated. Yeah, Fauci, your vaccine really works. What's really in the vaccine? What are you really putting into human bodies to come with your updated vaccine down the line and alter DNA with, DNA with your spike protein and nonsense? And you should have never given these guys a platform because that's what we're dealing with now is that they're just going to find each and everything to be racist. Food's racist. You can't even use the term. Was the Washington Post was talking about the other day. You can't even use the term exotic because the term exotic is apparently racist so they're looking they're bored right but you've enabled them so they're just gonna go line to line that oh somebody's got to be offended by we gotta that roll all this back bring back the redskins aunt jemima i mean what is a gypsy moth well, bring the gypsy they're moth. saying nobody wants to be associated with a harmful invasive pest so the gypsy moth will now be called something else okay all right we gotta go to break we'll be right back but yeah so it changes the nature of the animal did you change the name no, this is actually very exciting. According to some, Sir Richard Branson has actually won the space race between he and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos to, to make it into space. He went more than 53 miles above the Earth. In a 14-minute flight, he was weightless with a couple people, including his wife, children, and grandchildren. Um, anyway, it appears that he has won the space race. Musk was there to cheer him on. Um, and now he's saying, okay, I'm going to make this available to everyone so they can all experience space. What do you think about these private companies going into space? And would you do it if you had the $250,000 to $400,000 they're planning on charging a ticket? Look, I, I told you before the show, I like to race cars and do that always. I mean, I love 
Eric doesn't like to go upside down. I know that. Okay, <laughs> but I love thrill and speed. So yeah, I'll go. Am I as interested in space? No, I'm more interested in people. Okay, I'm more interested in helping people. But yeah, I'll take that ride 100. percent Okay. You know, I'm not going to pay that for that ride. It's not. I, I can get a thrill down here. But I think he beat. Bezos, and that I love. Okay, <laughs> I think he beat Bezos by eight days. Was it eight, seven, or eight days? It was days, right? Well, and out of the three, whose and, and space Elon, flight would you want to go on? Musk. I would go with Elon, Branson? and I would go with 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 uh, with Sir Richard. I would okay. go with Sir Richard first because I respect the guy. Okay, but at least Elon, fellow South African, showed up. Yeah, he was a he was a great sport. Okay, but you know Bezos, ah, come on. I think he beat him by a number, of, and you know that was planned, right? Oh yeah. Because Bezos flies next week or whatever, right? So Eric, I'm glad that they're making that stuff accessible. That's what I will say. There's a lot of stuff that I think technologically that we need to be able to do it'll that get they cheaper. only got their hands on. Yeah, and it'll get cheaper. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, time. absolutely. All so right, we're all in agreement. We're going to space. Yeah. Thanks so much for watching. Remember when the flat <laughs> screen with TV was like freaking seven thousand yeah, yeah, dollars, yeah. and now you Internet, buy it for yeah, seven hundred. Yeah. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.